I think there's a lot of confusion for people around like what is feminine and what is masculine and it has nothing to do with gender. So femininity to me isn't really a gender thing. It's a feeling. So it's those moments where you feel just absorbed in pleasure, for example, or perhaps you're absorbed in a feeling, you know, a connection and you're receiving love and sharing love. Like when you talked about the coaching that you do with women, like that's femininity to receive and to connect and to be really intimate. The feminine is a very powerful force too of truth. It's a profound mirror. It's the Maya, it's the unknown, it's the chaos. It's like the churning ocean. It's a felt sense thing. It's really a sensation that occurs in my body of tingling and expansion and pleasure and bliss and ferociousness. Your lifelong passions, dreams, and aspirations, your joys and creative spurs, your femininity, your success, all in one place. This is Girl Skill with your host, Anna Rova. Hello, Girl Skill listeners. Before you listen to this awesome episode, I wanted to quickly jump in and tell you about a new training that I have for you. It's super juicy. It's getting to the ears and the eyes of so many women around the world, and I can't wait for you to watch it. You've been a podcast listener for a while, and if not, if you're new, welcome. I really wanted to share this piece of content. Like, honestly, I had to re-listen to it a couple of times. I was like, this is freaking amazing. So this is my signature training. It's an exclusive signature training. It's what I have out there for all women who want to get my message and sign up. It's called the lie of female success, the three shifts to getting unstuck, releasing pressure and stop trying to do it all. This is honestly the information on how you get to where you want to get to live a life as a woman and not as a man. So we're going to talk about three key shifts that I've identified in my own life in the countless hours of coaching with clients, interviewing women from around the world. As you know, I've interviewed more than 130 women around the world on femininity and female success, and I implement this daily in my life. And so the key three shifts we're going to talk about is number one, why women can't and shouldn't do it all and feeling great about it. Number two, learning the true definition of your power as a woman and why being strong and independent is not the right way. And number three, why femininity and being in a female body is your greatest gift and how to use it to your advantage. So besides all of this, we're also going to talk about how to overcome the superwoman syndrome that so many of us are stuck in. So you can start living life in freedom with ease and owning your truth. We're going to talk about true feminine power and what you can do right now to begin feeling supported, stop pushing and controlling your life and men. Hallelujah. Don't we all want to control men? Next, how to rediscover, embrace, and cultivate your feminine flow and become embodied so you can stop overthinking, being in your head, and actually start making decisions from the heart. And we're going to talk about the essence of feminine, masculine polarity. Uh, and that part in itself has opened up so many hearts and doors and eyes of so many women. Uh, I get messages all the time about this transformational concept of polarity that is basically built in attraction, sustainability of a relationship. And we're going to share much, much more on this webinar. So you can find this webinar at girlskill.com slash webinar. Very simple, girlskill.com slash webinar. And I can't wait for you to be there. And if you're a woman who is 
is tired of pushing and is looking for a different way, who feels like that there's something missing in her life, despite all of the quote unquote success that she has achieved. And let's say masculine terms, um, you are struggling with relationships. You are attracting more feminine men and you honestly perhaps even lost faith in men and you don't know quote unquote what's wrong with you. And you're always trying to do it all and, and pushing and pushing, but you realize that you're tired and exhausted and whatever you've been doing so far is not working for you as a woman, this training is for you. So girlskill.com slash webinar and I can't wait to hear from you. Hello, Girlskill listeners, and welcome to another episode of Girlskill Podcast. Today, I talked to an incredible woman. Her name is Heather Pennell. She is my girl crush currently on Instagram. She's the co-founder of The Rising Woman together with Shiliana. And this Rising Woman project is pretty much amazing, and I loved it. It basically offers uh, resources guiding you to the root of your relational issues while encouraging you to find an authentic pathway of deep healing with an emphasis on shadow work, family systems therapy, esoteric wisdom, and a hint of astrology. You'll find everything you need to support your inner journey of conscious living. And so Heather has an amazing Instagram account. I'm going to link it in the show notes. And just a really wise woman, Actually, this episode is probably going to be called Choose Someone Who Chooses You, which is what was the central idea of our conversation. I share a lot of personal stories as well with men and my ex and all of that stuff. So I think you're going to find it very powerful. But in the beginning, you know, we talk about the fun stuff about, you know, Heather's wildest uh, thing that she's ever done about what is the best and hardest thing of being a woman. Heather shares with us her purpose and her calling, which I found so beautiful. She says, remembering my true nature and helping others to do the same. So we talk about how that feels like and what transcendence feels like. And then, of course, we talk about femininity and success and about choosing someone who chooses you and why actually this is such a common trend. But this is such a common pattern and women who basically had emotionally unavailable fathers. And that was definitely my case. And how does it look like? And what role do fathers play in our life? And that we're pretty much broken, you know? And I mean, we feel like we're broken. We're actually not broken. But we feel like we're never enough or we're too much for people and how that plays into the relationship with men. And that what we learned about love as little girls is actually what we take on into our adulthood as women. And we continue attracting unavailable men because we feel like that's what love is. So we talk about a lot of these things and then the steps to actually healing and then transformation. How does it look like? So we talk about the awareness of actually seeing these patterns and that's actually pretty much half of the way through and then what you can do further to heal that and to start attracting available men and I share my journey about how does that look like and how does that feel like primarily when you are with a man who you trust and you can surrender and you know that he's not going anywhere where he's just there willing ready and available. And so stay until the end because, of course, Heather will share with us one person that she follows and admires and also one book that really helped her go through the grief of a really heartbreaking breakup. Heartbreaking breakup. Aren't they all heartbreaking? So I uh, hope you enjoyed this episode and stay until the end where I'll share with you uh, where you can find the show notes for this and all the links. Enjoy. Girl skill. Female success. Redefined. All right, Girl Skill listeners, uh, today we have a very special woman on the show, all the way from Vancouver, Canada, Heather Pinnell. Welcome to Girl Skill. Thank you so much. I'm really happy to be here. 
Thank you so much for being here because I've been kind of, you've been my girl crush, Heather. Oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, it's rare. I, I should say it's rare that I resonate with, first of all, it's rare that I scroll for Instagram. And then yeah. it's rare that I find women that I'm like, oh, yes. And when I found your Instagram profile through, you know, Shiliana and your work with Rising Woman and everything, I looked at your pictures and then I looked at your quotes and I'm like, Yes, you know, something is here and I really appreciate your depth and what you're sharing and the pictures as well. So I've just preparing for this interview and I realized that you were also a photographer and I was like, ah, okay, yeah, I can see the connections here. So I'm super excited to be diving with you um, into the subject of femininity, womanhood, but particularly today, relationships. Mm -hmm. And I know you have to say a lot about that. But before we begin, Heather, I have a few fun questions for you. So uh, what did you have for breakfast today? Oh, my goodness. I had eggs, avocado toast and hash browns. That's yum. Did you cook that yourself or did you go somewhere else? Yeah, <laughs> oh, yeah I love I, that. I tend to try and at least do breakfast at home. Okay, yeah. Well, I have exactly the same breakfast without hash brownies, I think, uh, every weekend with my husband. I love doing the avocado and everything. Oh, my favorite so thing. So good. <laughs> yeah. All right. Moving on. What is your superpower? My superpower is to see clearly. So see through fear, see through pain, see through story, and to just see the essence of the person that is in front of me and and see the love, see the divine nature of who we are. Mm, beautiful. I thought this was going to be fun, but you went uh, straight in, Heather. You were like <laughs> going for the serious stuff. Okay, let's. Uh, I'll pick up that thread and we'll go from here. What's the best thing about being a woman? Oh my gosh, oh, so many things. But I think being a woman, one of our greatest gifts that we're just naturally attuned to is that we just have such a deep feeling sense. So, you know, we have this strong intuition, our body is just naturally tapped into the spirit world on a whole other level and, and pleasure. I mean, we can be multi-orgasmic. So, I mean, there's a lot of wins to being a woman. Hell yeah. And okay, <laughs> let's, let's flip the coin. What is the worst part about being a woman or the hardest part about being a woman? Mm, I think the hardest part is a, that right now in this time and day and age that we're navigating a lot of ancestral trauma and as well as just cultural conditioning and, and current day trauma that has taught us to really play small and hold back our force, hold back our power, hold back our truth. And as a result of that, you know, a lot of disease and disharmony happens in the body. Um, you know, even a lot of women complain about having like hormonal issues and, and cramps and things of that nature. And while there are obvious environmental and physiological impacts, a, a big part of that is the emotional and energetic impact as well. So I think there's, there's a huge connection between those two things. Mm, absolutely. Yeah. Well, okay. Fun question. Uh, what was the wildest thing you've ever done, Heather? Mm. The wildest thing I've ever done is rafted a whitewater river called the Stein. It's like a class five rapid, but I was in a boat full of raft guides. So it actually went really well, but um, it was definitely a wild experience. <laughs> so did you think you're going to die at some point? Oh, no. I mean, every time you raft, there's, you know, there's that fear and, and you do have to really be aware and prepared and know what you're doing. But 
you know, I think that's part of the ride. That's part of it being so wild is that, you know, you connect that closeness of death. That's what makes it so adventurous. Yeah, it's like that masculine edge of like terror or the edge of death. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and I, I definitely like to explore that from time to time. I'm not a person that would want to jump out of an airplane, but put me in a white water rafting situation and I'll I'll go for it. <laughs> Yeah, awesome. Okay. Well, Heather, you have been my girl crush, but I'm curious, who is your girl crush at the moment? Britt Marling. She is the creator. Um, her and this this guy, Zal Bat... I, I'm not sure how to say his last name. I think it's Batman Glitch. They created this amazing show called The OA. You know, I've seen one or two episodes and it didn't really click with me. I mean, it was kind of interesting, but then I kind of lost it. But yeah, um, okay. Yeah, I think a lot of people have that experience. It's, it's one of those shows that I think you have to be in a, in a space where you can really be with it because it's a complex storyline. But yeah, she's just a huge inspiration for me. She's a really powerful storyteller. And, you know, I follow her on Instagram as well. And a lot of the stuff that she's researching and reading and writing about and interested in really just deeply resonates with me on the level of the artist. And yeah, she's she's definitely my girl crush for sure. Okay, awesome. Well, I'm going to link to her Instagram. I just Googled her. Yeah, Jeff. So that's the ex- actress from the OA. And is she also the creator? Yeah, she's the writer oh. and the creator along with, with her friend Zal. Um, but yeah, if, if you ever have the chance to actually dive into the storyline, it's it's really amazing. And unfortunately, the show was recently canceled, um, oh. which was pretty devastating. And there's a lot of, if you actually go to Netflix, Instagram right now, most of the comments are people saying, save the OA. And that's what that oh is about. <laughs> <laughs> that's hilarious. Okay. I'm on that bandwagon. I definitely want to save the OA. So. You save the OA. Okay. <laughs> yeah. All right. I'll check that out. Okay. Moving on. One serious question I have for you, Heather. What is your biggest fear? Mm. What is my biggest fear? Well, you know, I, I don't even feel like I'm connected to one specific thing because I feel like I've had experiences in my life where I've transcended fear. And so there's no fear that feels insurmountable to me. But I think that if I had to pick one thing, it would be just falling away from my path or falling away from my my purpose or my true nature. Because when I'm not connected to that, I'm not fully living. I'm not really connected to why I'm here. And if anything, the most terrible thing could go wrong would be me forgetting my purpose for being alive. And what is the purpose? I mean, is the purpose feeling alive or so what, what, tell me more about this calling that you're talking about, this, this mission, this purpose. Yeah. So, you know, I've always been connected to it and as the years have gone by and I've done a lot of self-work and, and explored working with plant medicines and, and various, you know, in the shamanic realms as well, I just became really aware that the whole purpose of my nature and and really of everyone's nature is to remember who we truly are and who we truly are is love. And I know that that can sound kind of trite or really like an inspirational quote, but I've actually had lived real experiences where I've gone back fully into the experience of being one. So some people call it God, some people call it source, some people call it the universe, whatever it is. But through the assistance of facilitators and plant medicines, I've actually gone there and had these awakening experiences, had these memories and felt it in my body and in my bones. 
And when you're in that, you recognize that we are love and, and love is endless. There's no ending, no beginning, no right, no left, no up, no down. It's just everywhere. And that all of the noise of life, like status, money, relationships, all of the things that we think that we need in order to be happy, while yes, they matter on some level in, in this physiological kind of world, this physical world, this material world, at the core root, that's not what life is actually about. Life is just about remembering our true nature. And so that is my purpose is to remember my true nature and then through my remembering, help others to do the same. And that's really what liberates us from fear. That's what liberates us from the drama of our lives and the challenges of our lives. And not to say that we won't suffer, that we won't experience challenges, but we can do so with a sense of surrender and a sense of knowing that there's something much greater at play and something that we're going to return to eventually. So yeah, that's kind of my purpose in a nutshell is just remembering and helping others to do the same. I'm definitely resonating with what you're saying because I had the glimpses. I had those moments as well where I connected. I've done ayahuasca as well. So, you know, I know what you're talking about. But for everyone listening who, you know, because I think this is a phrase, like as you said, you know, you put on Instagram, like remember your true nature and like who we are is love. And it's very hard. Like that's what like I guess my mission is, you know, when I hear those phrases, I try to really distill it to a feeling thing to like what does that exactly mean so when you're saying you know my purpose is to remember my true nature and help others do the same how does it feel like like what does it mean to remember your true nature like what what does it truly mean for you and maybe you could talk about how does it feel in your body or when and how do you experience this yeah so I think some practical examples of when people might feel that, you know, one of my favorite words is transcendent or transcendence. And it essentially means to feel that, that opening, that awakening, that connection, what we're talking about right now, that is what transcendence is for me. And I think sometimes we can feel it in the simplest moments, you know, when you're connected to nature, for example, you're sitting down looking at a sunset, or maybe there's a beautiful song on it's times where your nervous system completely relaxes. You feel this state of surrender, but also this state of awe. And those are the moments where, you know, the noise of life and the fear and all of the stories and all of the things, all the things we're stressed out about just dissipate and you're fully present. You're just there and there's nowhere to be and nowhere to go, but being in that moment and having that experience and having that feeling and you know, I've even felt it just in having like a really amazing conversation with someone or when I'm dancing, it's, it's a flow state. And I actually think that's, you know, we were talking about rafting before. I think part of why people do, you know, extreme sports even is because we get out of being in the mind and being in the story and we're just there. Like there's nowhere to be, but there. And so those moments are hints that are showing us our true nature. It's, it's, it's like a little window into the experience. And, you know, some people find it through meditation or through breath work or whatever it might be. And, and I've, I've done a lot of those things as well. And some people walk the plant medicine path, although that's not for everybody either. And it has been a big part of my journey, but I wouldn't go out there and just recommend it for everyone because it's a pretty challenging path to walk. But, you know, people can find it by basically by pursuing their joy. <laughs> I mean, that's the easiest way to access it. But yeah, it is challenging because 
it is one of those things where it can begin to sound like just an inspirational quote. And if you haven't had a lot of real lived experiences of that sensation in your body, it might be challenging to connect to or to understand. But I would just suggest that people, you know, really follow what feels expansive, follow what feels like love and follow what feels like joy. And those things will invite you into those states where you go, okay, everything is okay. And I, I am connected and I am safe and I can let go here. And that's like a little window, a little window in. Yeah, absolutely. Now that you're talking, I mean, I definitely am experiencing this much more often. And I'm realizing that the the coaching that I do with women, you know, I do feminine embodiment coaching, like that coaching helps women get there. Like when we're there for an hour and when nothing else matters besides you going deep within, just being with yourself and being allowed to just be there and being witnessed, that's the greatest gift of all. And, you know, for some women, it's just that one time in two weeks. And I'm sure, Heather, you resonate <laughs> when you guys do with Shiliana, when you do your rising woman work with retreats and everything. That's what happens. And then once you feel it, you can't unfeel it and you just want more of it. And then you just follow that. Exactly. This is the time, Heather, where you introduce yourself and tell us who you are and what you do. All right. Well, I am the co-founder of Rising Woman, and you've been mentioning my my partner, Shalina. She and I write together on Rising Woman. We facilitate together through Rising Woman, and we have a beautiful online program, and we're in the works of creating a few different programs for people to take as well through Rising Woman. But yeah, Rising Woman is really this beautiful, you know, I tuned into the energy of it recently, and it was like this huge bubble of energy that was just expanding out into the world. And I really feel like I am just a conduit for this thing that wanted to be birthed, this thing that wanted to come alive. And it's it's not just through Shalina or I or about her and I. In fact, it's really not about the two of us that much at all. It's really about what women and, you know, all sorts of people who identify with the femininity, with with the feminine power are calling for right now and are calling in. And so there's this potency that's happening in our online space where, you know, Shalina and I are sharing our path, our experiences. We're sharing about the work that we've done to embody certain principles that we're now living. And also obviously talking a lot about conscious relationship. So, you know, how do we have healthier relationship to ourselves so that we can have a healthier relationship to others? That's at the core of a lot of what we teach because so many people are just struggling so much with relationship and understandably, like relationship is one of our greatest teachers. It will challenge us to the core and bring up all of our fears and all of our vulnerabilities. And the deeper that we go into intimacy, the more fear will arise because our protective coping mechanisms will come up. So you know, together, Shalina and I through Rising Woman are on a mission to help people heal their relationship to themselves and have healthier relationships with others, and then be able to give their gifts back to the world. Because when we are in a state of harmony in our lives, we're able to be more deeply of service, which I think is such an imperative piece of joy and of awakening in general. So that's a big piece of what I do. And then of course, you know, in my own life and in my own journey, I'm always learning, I'm always growing, I'm always digging in. And and there's a lot for me right now in the realms of somatic work. I'm training in that right now. Just learning from people always and and digging deeper and deeper into my own personal path through medicines and yeah, just 
just exploring and going deeper into my own true nature and into my own purpose and letting that unfold. And a big piece of that for me too is art. And you mentioned I was a photographer and I actually was a professional photographer for many years. And while that was an amazing experience, I reached a point where I recognized that I was only sharing a part of myself through it. And I had this other piece that, you know, was more interested in conscious relationship work and, you know, awakening to my true nature and helping others to do the same. And so as I started to lean into that from a work perspective, things really opened up for me because it was just where I was meant to go. And so flow happened. Yeah. So that's a little bit about who I am and what I'm up to these days. Mm -hmm. Beautiful. And so we're going to dive into relationship and conscious relationship, especially into this quote that uh, Heather is one of your most popular quotes, but I'm going to reveal it as soon as I start asking you about this. Before, I want to ask you two questions that I ask all women on the show, and I'm sure you have a lot to say about those. So the first one is, Heather, what is femininity for you? Femininity is an energy. It's a receptive energy. It's an all-encompassing energy. It's like a cavern. (laughs) It's so big, you know? And I think there's a lot of confusion for people around like what is feminine and what is masculine. And it has nothing to do with gender. So femininity to me isn't really a gender thing. It's a feeling. So it's those moments where you feel just absorbed in pleasure, for example, or perhaps you're absorbed in a feeling, you know, a connection and you're receiving love and sharing love. Like when you talked about the coaching that you do with women, like that's femininity to receive and to connect and to be really intimate. And, you know, the feminine is, is a very powerful force too of truth. It's a profound mirror. So the feminine can be quite scary because it's, it's the Maya, it's the unknown, it's the chaos, it's like the churning ocean. So for me, it's, it's a felt sense thing more so than like a kind of material sense thing or structural thing. It's really a sensation that occurs in my body of tingling and expansion and pleasure and bliss and ferociousness. And so while you say that it has nothing to do with gender, would you say that women are more connected to this state? Um, Yeah. I mean, I think typically most women embody more feminine energy than masculine energy, although we can embody both. But I think that there's a spectrum around that. Like there are some women who connect more with their masculine energy than their feminine energy and some men who are vice versa. So Each individual has their own connection to these energies and it can vacillate. So some days I might feel more connected to my masculine. You know, I'm penetrating the world with my creative energy and I'm in a process of crafting and just pushing that energy forward into the world that can be seen as quite masculine and we can vacillate moment to moment, day to day. So I don't see it as a stagnant thing. It's a weird thing because, you know, when I hear, for example, because, I mean, you do a lot of work with women and you like you talk about this force of the feminine. And while I understand what you're saying in terms of it has nothing to do with gender, but then at the same time, it it stirs this phrase, stirs it like contradictive emotions because, you know, I'm a big fan of David Data and I've seen it in my life and in the women that walk around that most women are you know, identifying with femininity and feminine energy. So when I hear phrases like, for example, and this is not saying that nothing critical 
towards you or anything. But, you know, it doesn't seem true to me that it has nothing to do with gender because we birth babies and, you know, we like we are literally creating life in our wombs. And so I don't know if I, you know, would agree with it 100 percent. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I do. I do. Yeah. What I'm saying is that like feminine, I think what happens is that people assume that if you're a woman, you're feminine Mm -hmm. or you're a man. And so therefore you're masculine. And so when I say it has nothing to do with gender, it's not that, you know, women typically don't embody more feminine energy. I mean, sure they do, but they can also embody masculine traits and, and vice versa, that it's not specific just to gender, that it's more fluid than that. And of course, being in a female body comes with it so many powerful gifts, like you said, like to birth babies, to even to create a baby in your womb is a really miraculous thing. And there's a lot of feminine things that go along with that experience, but I don't think that it's, you know, just tied only to gender. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So it's not black and white. Yeah. Okay. I agree with that. Cool. Not to say that we have to agree, Heather, you know, it's not (laughs) not like that's not my goal, my purpose, but I'm very curious. I mean, I'm digging deep into this. That seems to be my passion. And so women listening to this are are women I know that really connect with that feminine force. And actually, I mean, yeah, there's a lot of things going on, you know, like, oh, you need to be more feminine to do whatever. I don't necessarily agree with that. But I feel like, you know, in order, especially now we're going to talk about relationship and to maintain that polarity. And a lot of women listening want to be with a masculine man. And therefore, they want to play the feminine role. So in that context, I think it's important to mention. Absolutely. Yeah, and we live today in a world where it's like, you know, if you if you want to be, if you want to play that feminine role, then there's something wrong with you, you know? So it's almost like I feel that some women who are listening and reading my stuff almost like give themselves permission to actually want what they want, you know, to want the relationship with the masculine man, to want to play that feminine role. And I feel like that's a little bit missing, you know, the pendulum have swung to the other side where you have to be all and you have to push and you have to be independent while I don't necessarily see it that way. Yeah. And I I can resonate with that. I mean, I consider myself, you know, and you can use the terms like yin and yang as well. So I consider myself to be very yin in nature and very feminine in nature. That is just my makeup, right? And so, yes, some people on the polarity scale, they're very far to one side or the other. And I do consider myself to be more feminine in nature. I do have a connection to my inner masculine and to that part of myself. Although I find that when I run that energy too much, I do find it exhaustive because it's not actually where I settle into myself, you know, where I can fully relax. And so for the women out there that are saying, you know, like, I want a really masculine man and, you know, I need a partnership where there's a lot of polarity. I can, I can deeply resonate with that. I, I too would like to be with, a man who loves being in the masculine energy because that allows me to feel more polarity with someone when I'm in my natural state. So that's totally understandable. And I do think that there have been a lot of challenges and depending on where people live and what their belief systems are and, you know, what family systems they came from, there has been a big push towards this sort of like ultra independent success lifestyle story where you have to be able to do it all and figure it all out on your own and achieve this individual success. And I just don't see that as actually being healthy in most respects. 
I think there are some people out there who have a ton of energy and, you know, they can move their energy into the world in that way. But for the feminine, the feminine is really about connection. And, you know, if we look at how women relate to one another, or how the feminine relates to one another, it really is about connectivity and support and communication. And I think that most of us in general as humans, we thrive when we're connected. We thrive when we're in community and we thrive when we're building a meaningful future with other people. And I see that being lost in most people's lives today. You know, we might have friends, but how deeply intimate are those relationships? How connected are we truly? And are we really supporting one another and creating a future together that we can all be on board with? And typically that's just not the case. Yeah, absolutely. So this is a great leeway to talk about success. So Heather, do you consider yourself successful and why? Yeah, I do. And the reason I consider myself successful is because of how I feel about myself and how I feel about my life. And that's not to say that I don't have challenges or I don't face hard times because I do, but I have created an experience of life through a lot of hard work where I feel very resourced and resourced primarily in my relationships, which for me is where a lot of my healing and a lot of my strength comes from. So if I'm going through a challenging time, I know that I have people in my life that I can call on for support and that can give me those words of encouragement or hold me through something or see me when I don't see myself. And so for me, that success is having that intimacy as well as feeling a sense of self-acceptance. And of course, I have things that I'm working on, you know, edges that areas that I can grow and things that I can accept more fully. But in general, I do feel a sense of love and appreciation and gratitude for myself. And so those two things for me are really woven into success. And then of course, you know, there's like the Maslow's hierarchy of needs. And I'm very lucky to say that my needs are met because my needs are met. I'm able to go deeper into what I call the work or digging into layers of trauma and unraveling patterns and beliefs in my life that if I wasn't resourced in my basic needs, I would not be able to do. So with those things in place, I feel successful. Beautiful. Thank you for sharing that. All right. Well, let's talk about the quote. Uh, So you've shared this, Heather, on March 17th, and it's been one of your most popular quotes, which is a very short one, but so potent. So the quote is, choose someone who chooses you. And I feel it's a transformational concept for so many, but let's talk about women specifically. Uh, And I'm not going to read your post. I I would like for you to actually explain it to us. And before you do that, I want to say that I've been on my own journey with this. And when I understood this, and it's funny that we're talking about this today because I just recently had a ghost from the past appear in my life again. And you know, those ghosts from the past that just don't let you go. (laughs) And it's like, you know, it's coming in my dreams here and there. And I'm just like still battling with this. I'm like, what is this? You know, why is it still in my system? Like I am happily married. I love my masculine man and we have a baby together. Like I'm truly thriving in my relationship and I'm happy, you know, but this goes from the past is, is kind of like lingering, you know, it's 
coming in and out. I'm like, what the hell? And I've actually realized that, and this is related to what you're about to probably share with us, is, you know, it's that part of me that wanted love. It's that part of me that was rejected and still is like... You know, because I did not choose someone who chose me. And this was because I didn't choose myself at the time. And so I think that maybe it's actually also healthy for me to have these ghosts from the past to remember how it feels mm-hmm. like. Remember how I was selling myself away, how I didn't love myself enough to be able to really truly take my power and not sit there and wait for messages, you know, have my weekends open so that just we could go on dates together. And so this happened yesterday. And and today, this morning, I did my moving meditation, my feminine embodiment practice. And I realized like a vision came to me that I'm that little girl. So I connected to that little girl who really wanted love because that's what I wanted. I wanted him to love me. And then yeah. and then he didn't because he wasn't ready, obviously. Like, you know, we're good friends now. But it's so interesting. And that's why this quote, when I opened it yesterday and today, I was like, that's it. We got to talk about that because mm-hmm. it, it totally transformed my relationship with myself. And that's how I was able to create the relationship I have today. So. So what is this? What is this about, Heather? Tell us, what is choose someone who chooses you? What does that mean? Especially like talk to women, talk to us women who are listening. Yes, absolutely. So it's a really common pattern. Like I see this time and time again, that people go after unavailable people. So we're drawn to, and you were talking about ghost figures of the past. So a ghost figure of the past is actually an unresolved relationship from your history that then shows up in a present day person. So for example, let's say that you grew up in a family system where your father was very aloof and avoidant. Perhaps he was emotionally unavailable or maybe even physically unavailable most of the time. And you didn't have a lot of intimacy or connection with him on a heart-to-heart level. You didn't feel seen, heard, or understood by him. And maybe you always wondered, you know, who is this man? Like, I know that he loves me, but he never really expresses it in a way that I can receive it. And in a felt sense way, you know, whether or not you intellectually understood that or not, as a little girl, you wanted your father's love, and maybe you yearned for it and never really felt like you received it. It's very common that if that was your childhood history, that you're going to be drawn to unavailable people, people who aren't fully connected to their emotions, who maybe don't have a high emotional IQ or don't express themselves in an emotionally communicative way where you can then receive that love. And basically what's going on is that we're conditioned to see love when we're children, we're conditioned to see love in a certain way. So whether, you know, it's from your parents or your peers or people who took care of you, whoever was in your life, that's sort of the foundation of what we think is love and what we think relationships are. And so if that's our conditioning and we haven't taken the time to really look at that and to see the way that, you know, that might not actually be love, that might not actually be a healthy connection or a healthy relationship but we're drawn to it because that's what we know. And we're seeking to get that love, to fulfill that void that we had with our father in that example, with someone in a present day way. And so the other underlying belief is that 
we're all broken. So we all have this story going on of I'm not enough or, you know, I'm too much. And a lot of this, again, stems from trauma of the past. And so we're seeking to resolve this feeling inside of us that maybe I'm unworthy of love. And if I can resolve the love that I didn't get as a child with someone now, then I'll be okay. You know, then I'll be complete, then I'll be whole, and I'll know that I am actually lovable and worthy of connection. But the truth is, is that that will never occur, (laughs) you know, and we can get into relationships with people that, you know, I could say there's some element of a ghost figure from the past thing going on, and maybe you're drawn into it because of that unresolved relationship or unresolved connection. And you can move forward in that relationship in a healthy way. You can recognize that and work on those wounds within yourself and with your partner and proceed through and shift the relationship dynamic. But if you're unaware of it, it's kind of like the concept of, we like to talk about there being an iceberg. So the point that is above the water is the conscious mind and everything, the larger chunk of the iceberg underneath the water is the unconscious beliefs, the subconscious mind. So if the subconscious is saying, you know, I'm not really worthy of love or, you know, there's something wrong or there's something broken about me and your conscious mind is saying, but I really want a healthy relationship, the unconscious mind is actually at the wheel. And so the unconscious is going to draw you into relationships that reflect your beliefs about yourself. And really all of this is at the end of the day is an invitation to learn and an invitation to heal. That's it. Because if you didn't get into those relationships and didn't experience the challenge, like this person that's been coming up for you, you know, if we didn't experience that, we wouldn't have the contrast to recognize, okay, something's not quite right here. And I need to dig into this and explore a new avenue and explore a new way to relate to people that actually does feel fulfilling. So I say that because sometimes people go into a shame spiral about it. Like what's wrong with me? Why do I keep attracting the same type of people? Or why do people always leave me? Or whatever the story is and the pattern. And I really want people to get that there's no shame. And in fact, every single human being on planet earth, I think goes through some element of this. It's very, very normal, but just to see it as an invitation to go inward, an invitation to learn and an invitation to expand your capacity for love, not only for yourself, but for others as well. So funny we're talking about this because I've done this work and it's been brutal and it's been freaking painful. And just to, to relate to what you just said in the end, you know, when women come to me or the work that I've done, I always see when there is a pattern in relationships, it's great. Like, I mm-hmm. always see this as a doorway because yeah. then you finally, like, you finally can tackle this. You finally see what you didn't see before. And as you said, the keys to starting to be aware of this, because it's truly like an iceberg. And when I understood this and when I healed my relationship with my father, and I think, you know, that's what I really wanted to share. And, you know, so a bit of background is that, you know, we have a nine-month-old daughter now with, with my husband. And knowing what I know now about the relationship of my little girl with my dad. What you're describing, Heather, like, you know, having an emotionally unavailable father is exactly my story, uh, specifically because my mother passed away when I was really young. I was eight. But I also feel that's the story of so many women that are listening. And and the reasons for this are multiple, right? And and the same story goes for men. And it's really interesting. You know, I love this dynamic of the family. and And I talk about healing the inner girl because particularly, let's say we are 
little girls, and I'm curious what you have to say, but I found that, you know, our relationship with our father and then the love dynamic that we have, because you're right, I felt and I knew what I knew about love was actually I knew nothing about love, true love, because my father didn't know how to. And in fact, <laughs> actually, in the last two weeks, this was the first time, so I'm 30 years old, I texted my dad that I loved him on Father's Day in Australia for the first time in my life. And he said that back to me, and it was strange. And, you know, I don't, I didn't grow up in a culture. I grew up in Eastern Europe where saying I love you to your children is uh, like it's unheard of. <laughs> so, you know, I find that dynamic of a little girl versus father. Of course, there's a different dynamic, little girl versus mother. There's a lot of wounds there as well. But with the father dynamic, it's literally what you're going to attract and see and portray in your own relationships, because that's what you learned. That's what you saw. And that's why, you know, when I work with women, that's what I did with myself. It's like, what was the relationship with you and your father growing up? And what was the relationship between your mother and your father? Because that's what you learn. And that's what you then, these are your patterns. And so I didn't know what love was. You know, my dad used to not talk to us for three days in a row to punish us for doing something wrong, let's say. And he was, and in, like there was no intimacy, there was nothing. And so, you know, growing up, I was attracting these men. And when I understood that, it was like a total revelation to me. I stopped blaming the men that I was, you know, because it's always, that's what a lot of women do. It's like men are shit. But I think that that's the work that you do and ultimately the work that I do, that it's not about the men. The men actually are pointing back at you about yeah. the shit that you need to solve inside. Um, and that's what happens when you choose when someone chooses you. And so I've, did, I've done a lot of work and healing. Actually, I went on a three-week trip with my dad. And when you said you know, who is this person? I didn't know who the hell he was. You know, I was a grown up woman, but I had no idea. And so we sat down and we traveled. I had a breakdown for about three days for the first three days because it was just impossible. <laughs> I was like, what the hell's going on? But then I, I felt like I healed. I healed that little girl in me. You know, I talked to him. I saw him as a person. I And then to this day, you know, he, he comes, he's going to come to visit us. And just to finish that off, and now with my husband, seeing him become a father, I actually told him yesterday in the shower, like we were, you know, putting our baby to sleep. And I said, looking at him very serious and like profoundly, I said, do you realize how much power you have over this little girl? Like, she's going to learn about what it, about relationships from you and from me. And, you know, just, I mean, not to say like, that's a huge burden to carry, right? Like, don't, I don't want to put it on our shoulders but it's so true like I see him and I'm like you are the model that our daughter's what what she's gonna learn about love and about intimate mm -hmm. relationships you know yeah. so yeah sorry I talk too much about this but this is my story I relate to it so much oh it's beautiful and it's your story has so much value you know and I think it's important for other people to hear your story and to hear my story and to hear the story of you know, people who have done this work and have walked this path, because, you know, the truth is, is that each of each and every one of us has some kind of family conditioning that we learned that, like you said, isn't love. It's not what love is, but we think that it is. And by doing this work and going back and looking, like you said, the patterns are a doorway. It's like, oh, thank God there's a pattern. I can see what's going on. So, you know, the first step is that awareness is recognizing that there is a pattern and then 
you know, going back into where did this pattern stem from? And some people say, you know, it's not necessarily to know the story to heal the trauma. And that's true on some levels, especially if it's like, you know, something caught in your nervous system, you don't always need to go back into the story or back into what occurred. But in many respects, going back helps us to see clearly. And then in the seeing clearly, we see our own innocence in that space. So, you know, you were born into a family dynamic. You didn't choose that. I mean, some people believe that karmically you might have chosen that or your soul chose that. But on an intellectual, adult, logical, rational level, you did not choose that. You just showed up in that. And your father has his own family system where he came from, where he probably wasn't taught how to show love. And he probably didn't receive that from his parents and so on and so forth. When we go back into the ancestral lineage, we can see, okay, these traumas occurred and maybe there's a war here and a death here and all of these things that happened that led to the lack of emotional intimacy and the lack of connection and led to a place where people were living in a state of almost constant survival. And when people are in survival, it's very hard for them to slow down and hold you when you're crying, you know, and to slow down and be in a state of deep love and deep deep connectivity because their nervous systems are just on fire. I feel like most of our parents, I'm talking about our generation of parents and the ones before, they have been in survival mode. If you really think about, you know, the last 200 years, that's why I love when you talk about ancestral trauma. It's like really think about, you know, all the wars that we've been going through. Like we live in the best times now where we as parents, I mean, of course, there's a lot of problems around the world, but I feel like a lot of people in the Western world do not have to go through trauma I mean, there's different kind of trauma today, Mm -hmm. but they don't have to sit there and say, how am I going to survive tomorrow, which is what I know my dad as a little boy has gone through. And so I feel like we are the generation that could really shift things forward. And I'm so grateful that we're having this conversation. Exactly. Like we're privileged enough to be sitting here having this conversation. We both have a roof over our head and food in our bellies. And a lot of people out there in the world today don't have that. And a lot of our parents didn't necessarily have that. And our grandparents didn't necessarily have that. And, you know, if you are carrying or if anyone is carrying a pattern or a coping mechanism that isn't serving them, 100% of the time it stems from trauma in the past. And so doing this work, it's really, like I said, it's about recognizing your own innocence and then recognizing the innocence of your parents. And, you know, I wrote a piece recently and somebody said, you know, can you explain what it means to see the innocence of all involved? And what that means is to recognize that even the most damaged person who has inflicted, you know, unspeakable things to someone, if you were to go back into that person's childhood and into their ancestral trauma, you would find a lot of trauma to the point that they maybe lost a connection to self or a connection to love altogether. You know, there's a quote, um, hurt people hurt people. And it's so true because if you're in a state where your needs are met and you're connected to love, you're not going to be hurting people, you know? It's when you're in fear that that comes through. Mm -hmm. And it's that thing, you know, when I did this work of love and connected that, if you look, I love this concept of innocence, you know, I I had it before, but not in the same words, like even the, if we think about the most malignant people in the world, let's say terrorists and all, like I had a powerful realization where I thought, 
I truly believe that everyone is acting out of place of their best self at that moment in time in terms of their actions are driven by something that they deep down inside feel and it's a feeling thing that is worth it and i believe in the good of people and if that person chooses to act in a certain way he chooses to do this in the name of feeling better wanting to feel love whether i guess it's masked through revenge or whatever it is, but ultimately we all want to feel love and we all want to feel seen. And it was a powerful shift for me when I truly saw the innocence in everyone. And that led to, of course, forgiveness for people's situations where they are today. So Heather, we don't have much time, but I'd love for us to to talk a little bit about what are the steps to healing. So now that we've realized, okay, well, I'm having the shitty patterns of relationships and I'm not choosing someone who chooses me um you know so the first step as you said it's like just the awareness of it is super powerful yeah. because once you do that like that's it it's probably half of, you're half the way through and that's what <laughs> happened to me so what's next like when you work and specifically to women what can women do to take this forward and to really heal that wounded part of yourself well i think one of the biggest things is letting yourself feel grief you know so many people they go back into the memory of this and then they're like okay i need to fix this now I need to overcome this because I, I need to change. And really what we teach and what I, what I share with women is start with acceptance. Don't try and change anything. Just allow yourself to feel through what is there. Because when we go back into those places and we recognize, okay, this was my family system and my family trauma, we might go into a coping mechanism of like, all right, I'm just going to push through this. I'm just going to move on. I'm going to do the journaling process and I'm going to forget about it or, you know, it's going to be resolved. And there's usually layers and layers and layers of different emotions that are there that haven't been felt. So we encourage people as they're doing this work to really take time to be with it. And it's a tool and I'll share this tool and with the knowing that it's it's good to do this with someone who's also in the work. So if, if you have a friend or you know, someone that, you know, would resonate with this podcast that you could share this with them, perhaps you could do it together. And so it's called a dyad. So you sit in front of someone and that individual holds the energy of mother or holds the energy of father for you. And you say something I want you to know is, and you get to say all of the things that have been unresolved and unsaid to that person. And then something that I see in you that I see in me is. So again, taking it home, recognizing that, you know, there is that ancestral connection and there is that, you know, that genetic component and that learning component. Like we do share a lot with our parents and, and those who raised us, whether we want to or not, there's always going to be some connection there. So recognizing that, and that can be the challenging parts and the beautiful parts of that person. And then something I appreciate about you is, and then just sitting and holding eye contact and being in that energy and letting the feelings move through your body. And this dyad can be done over and over and over and over again, because, you know, for example, you said you're 30 and you, if you've never done this work before, you have 30 years of possibly unprocessed emotions and conversations that, you know, need to be held and worked through. And so that's one great way to do that. And if you don't have someone, you know, that you can do that dyad with in person, you can do that as a journaling process. And so that would be one of the steps. And these are some of the pieces that we do share in our program. And we do take it a step deeper and help people, you know, move from point A to point B with it. And we have a variety of exercises to do that. But that's one great starting point for people is really just 
let yourself feel through it. Because as you release and experience a lot of that emotion, clarity will naturally arise on how to choose differently, right? So in the choose someone who chooses you, when you see the pattern and you see the hurt and you see your coping mechanism. And so for me, I had a similar situation to you. Like I was typically drawn towards aloof avoidant men. And when I saw that pattern, I could walk into a room and be like, which of these men am I drawn to? And recognize that most of the men I was drawn to were kind of the quiet, observant ones, you know, something a little like it, it was almost like a, an energy, like you become this sort of magnet to your pattern, right? And I saw it and I could interact with those men. I could go up to them and talk to them and see it and like experience it fully and go, I'm not going to choose this anymore. I can be with you and I can see you and I can appreciate you, but I don't choose to move towards this anymore. And as you have that experience over and over and over again, and you start to be drawn more towards people who are emotionally available and emotionally expressive, and you choose those relationships, your life does begin to naturally transform and and who you're attracted to begins to transform because you're no longer trying to resolve an old hurt through your current day relationship because you've you're resolving it or have resolved it. And like I said, like it can take years, but it's possible. Yeah. And you have certain boundaries. Like that's what happened to me. Like I'm going to share with you and with all the listeners. How does it feel like? And I'm curious for you, Heather, when someone chooses, when you choose someone mm-hmm. who chooses you, when I met my husband, you know, it was a drastic difference between how the relationship unfolded, where I didn't have to do anything. I was so happy within myself and I knew who I was and I had my boundaries in place and I loved myself to death after so many years of work. I didn't care whether a man messages me or not. I mean, I wanted the relationship, but I wasn't clinging, like I wasn't putting my claws (laughs) into him so that he can love me. You know, I didn't, I like, I licked my own wounds. Um, Of course, there is always something more to, but then what happens is that I was in a relationship where my masculine man was kept texting me, was yep. calling me and saying, when are you available? Let's do this. When are you available? And to this day, so we've been together for about three and a half years, two years married already with a babe. Like when I message him, like he's there. You know, I don't need to question, oh, my God, is he going to show up tomorrow? Like, you know, all of these emotions, like he's available, willing and ready. And I can stand and I can live my life as a feminine woman, (laughs) relaxed and surrendered to that presence of my man that I know he's not going to run away, that I can trust him. And, And this pattern was from the beginning of our dating life. Like he really saved me a couple of times in terms of, you know, financial yeah. situations. Like it feels freaking amazing. Uh, but but I've done the work and some people say, oh, you're so lucky. Like my sister says, you say, you're so lucky. You have such a husband. I'm like, no, I'm not lucky. I've done the fucking work for a few years, you know? So I'm curious in your like experience, did you experience the same or are you seeing this change as well? Maybe in the women you work with? For sure. I mean, a big piece of this, and like I'm, I'm sure you can attest to this as well, is that when you do the work and you see your innocence and you start to embrace who you truly are, there becomes this turning point where you recognize that when you wear a mask in relationship, you always end up with people who can't choose you because you're not bringing your full self to the table. 
And we do this because of this fear of like, there's something wrong with me, or I'm just not worthy, or I'm just not lovable. And when we dig into the layers of the past, and we resolve the stories that came from that wounding that came from that lack of connection with our parents, our authority figures, we start to recognize that those stories aren't true. And then this liberation comes where you realize, okay, the best thing I can do for myself and everyone else is just be me 110%. And the right people will be drawn to me and the people that aren't for me will naturally fall away. And when you're embodying that energy, that is, I mean, people always say confidence is sexy. And it, it is because you're like, I know me, I know what I want. And I'm good with it. And I'm not going to shift or change that for anyone else. I'm not going to accommodate or play small or try and be who that person, who I think that person wants me to be, because that's a game. And that's a game that always ends in failure. And, you know, sometimes people do that for three, six months, a year, and then they start revealing their true self. And the person is like, oh my God, who are you? You know, and I'm sure... It's on the flip side too. Like I'm sure many people listening have had that experience of like, who is this person? You're not who I thought you would be. But when you're embodied in yourself, you can have that experience that you had where you know what you want, you know your non-negotiables. You probably said to yourself, like, I want a really masculine man and these are the experiences I want to have and the feelings that I want to experience. And you drew that in by holding true to that and by showing up fully as who you were, which is this beautiful, wild, feminine, creative source, right? And so naturally, that was what was drawn to you because he wanted what you were and who you are in your expression. And so you were magnetized together. Mm, and absolutely. Yeah. So, I mean, I think at the core root of it, a lot of it comes down to self-acceptance. And then when you move through the self-acceptance bits, you can start to be fully self-expressed. And then, of course, this naturally occurs, whether it's in your friendships or in your romantic relationships. Mm. Absolutely. And, you know, when I fully started to own who I am, in Mm. fact, a lot of my relationships, even with women or like whoever, just fell away. And I stopped apologizing or trying to be someone that I think they want me to be, because honestly, I can't do that for 10, 20, or however many people in my life. Like, I am who I am, and that's not your cup of tea. Like, that's fine. And that the magic happens, really. And that's how you live with ease and flow. It's time for tools and resources on Girl Skill. So, Heather, unfortunately, we have to finish. I could be talking to you forever because this is also one of my favorite subjects. And I would love to to hear from you just before you tell us where can, you know, women find more about your work and your course. What would you say one person maybe you can name for us or a few, however you like, that you find very inspirational and you follow online and maybe a book that you can recommend that you found transformational? Mm-hmm. So one woman who every single time I hear her talk or read her readings, I see myself in her. And so it's inspiring for me because I'm like, yeah, someone's out there doing this work in the world. And I really want to embody that fully and share that fully as Brene Brown. And, you know, she's got an amazing Netflix um, yeah. talk that she's she's got up there and she's she's online. She's easy to find and she has amazing books. So if people out there haven't heard of her, haven't read any of her content. She's really taking the charge when it comes to vulnerability and the courage to be vulnerable and, you know, sharing about what is intimacy and what is empathy. And her teachings are just amazing. I just love everything that she does and, and her personality and everything. It's just, she's great. One of my favorite books that I recommend to almost every single person who does our program and every person that I work with is called journey from the journey from abandonment to healing. And it's by Susan Anderson. And 
when I went through a really challenging breakup and I was experiencing a lot of anxiety and a lot of my childhood trauma and my, like my little girl was just so activated. My wounded child was just freaking out. I started reading this book and it really helped me navigate. It was so healing and so profound. And one of the things that she said in that book that really landed for me was that every ending of relationship feels like a death in our body. And so we have to allow ourselves to move through a breakup or move through a divorce or even the loss of a dream, you know, or like a career as if there was an actual death because that is how our physiology is experiencing it. And we need to give ourselves the space to grieve and to go through the motions as if someone did die, you know, like the bargaining and the questioning and the praying and all of the things that go on and the anger and the agony. We need to allow ourselves the space to fully grieve. And she describes, you know, what's happening on a scientific level and on an emotional level and gives really powerful examples. And she also teaches people about having conversations with the wounded child with the little you and building a relationship with that part of yourself because a big part of having healthy relationships is reparenting yourself. So connecting to that that little girl within or that little boy within and building a relationship where you are there for yourself in maybe ways that your parents weren't able to be, right? So that book is just super profound. So beautiful. I love this concept, reparenting yourself. I guess that's what I've done, you know, when I healed my girl, where uh, I kept telling myself, you know, no matter what happens, I'll be okay, um, which is something that I didn't get from, you know, when I was growing up. Beautiful. Thanks so much, Heather. This was a very potent conversation. I really appreciate your time, your energy and your wisdom, which is so great. So for everyone who wants to follow you online and wants to know more about your work and the course that you've mentioned a few times, where can they find you? So the easiest place is to head to Instagram and just write in Rising Woman and it's W-O-M-A-N singular. And you can find us there and we have a link there that leads to some of our you know, most read articles as well as our program and various resources that we have available. We also have a moon calendar to help you connect with your cycles as a woman. That's a free download on our site. So we have a lot of things going on there, but that's probably the easiest way or people can just head over to risingwoman.com and everything is right there. And we're going to be starting another cohort of our program soon. And we do them periodically throughout the year. So if you miss this one, then I'm sure there'll be another one upcoming. Beautiful. Thanks so much, Heather. Have a beautiful day in Vancouver or night, actually, right? (laughs) Yeah, we'll chat soon. Thank you. All right, girlfriend, before I tell you how you can share this episode and charge your karmic energy and where to find all the show notes and links to what my guest has just mentioned, I really wanted to extend a personal invitation to you. If you have listened to this episode until the end and you are here with me today, and if you have been listening to episodes of Girl Skill, I know that you have a special connection to me and to the message that I'm bringing into the world about femininity and womanhood and feminine embodiment. And if you do, I have a very personal invitation for you. You know, I know you're here because you crave more. You crave more joy, more radiance, and more freedom. Therefore, you're listening to this podcast to really find what is that feminine path. You're a woman who wants to stand tall on her feet to go for what you want and create a life that would make you wake up with excitement every day. But you're not there yet. You're still looking for an answer, a doorway, and a path. And I've been there. 
and I know how it feels. That voice in your head that is doubting and questioning. What if I fail? What if it doesn't work? What if he's not the one? That crazy loop, that same ceiling you keep hitting every time, whether it's a pattern of unworthy men, poor decisions, anxiety, or not feeling good enough. Well, the good news is that there is a way out, and I want to show it to you. It's actually a way in into a different kind of path, a different kind of journey, a feminine, powerful path that those women who live in alignment with their feelings and desire have discovered and will never go back to the old ways. The deep knowing and truth that each one of us has, but most of us don't know how to access, that reservoir of infinite wisdom, clarity, and confidence, that flow, ease, and lightness. Would you like to experience that? If yes, I've just opened up my calendar for a few extra one-on-one free discovery sessions this week, and I'd love to speak to you in person. If you've been reading my post, as I mentioned, listening to this podcast and have an urge to reach out and explore the possibility of coaching with me, this is your chance. So you could apply for your discovery call at girlskill.com slash apply, girlskill.com slash A-P-P-L-Y. What we're going to do on this call is actually, and it's free, you know, what we're going to talk to you about is your biggest challenge and what's stopping you from what you want. I'll share some insights with you from my perspective. And if you're open to it and I feel like you're a good fit, I'll tell you more about how we can work together. And before you go, well, before you listen to the show notes and links, I want to tell you that who is this for? This is for women who are in transition and looking for a different way to connect to yourself and your femininity on a deeper level. This is for women who feel that there is something missing despite the fact that they have a perfect life and the perfect perceived success, who want to attract the right partner or enrich your current relationship with a man and create a family, who are tired of doing it all and proving everything to everyone, and who are serious about their self-development and taking their life to the next level of pleasure, magnetism, and a different way of living as a woman, but very importantly, who are ready to invest in themselves financially and who want personalized help and guidance from me. You know, I think that life is too short to live in a female body and life is too short to live this way where we're tired, confused, we don't know what's stopping us. So if this is calling for you, you feel a... Mm, body, yes. If I would be you and you fit in any of this description, I'd jump on call ASAP, girlskill.com slash apply. And I hope to see you on the call. And I'm really here to help women and guide them through this dark, confusing terrain of femininity womanhood and how to live in a world where you just let go and surrender and let things come to you, where you just stop pushing so hard and proving everything to everyone. That's not the way how it's supposed to work. So girlskill.com slash apply. And I'm curious, will this be you? Hope you enjoyed this episode with Heather Pinnell. All of the links and show notes for this episode are going to be on girlskill.com slash 126. So this is episode 126. Please, please share this episode with a girlfriend who really needs to hear this. And I know there's so many of us who are struggling with relationships. So girlskill.com slash 126 is what you can send her or share this podcast straight from your podcasting app. And please, please charge your karmic energy in this way or in another way that you can leave a rating and review. If you really like this conversation and like this podcast, please let me know. You could go to iTunes, find the podcast and then hit on ratings and reviews and please leave a rating and a review and I'd love to hear what you have to say and connect personally. All right, girlfriend, keep running with the wolves and I'll see you next week with another awesome episode of Girl Skill Podcast. Bye.
Thank you for tuning in to Girl Skill. Make sure to subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts or your favorite podcatcher to never miss an episode. And never forget that your version of success is uniquely yours to live and experience. Until next time, let's continue redefining female success together. Girlskill.com. Female success redefined. Redefined.